Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Jane doesn't mind an apartment with no elevator. Five flights of stairs is five flights of cardio. Bob is a little less enthusiastic about stairs. I hate stairs. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle renters and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Jane and Bob found an apartment that's a four-story walk-up. And Bob? Yeah, there's a freight elevator she doesn't know about. What were you talking about? Oh, uh, nothing. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, listen to that music. Makes me feel good. Oh, my goodness. Hello, and welcome to that Josh Arnold podcast. I'm glad you've uh, returned, and if this is your first time, welcome it's always good to have, uh, well, veterans as well as rookies. And if this is your first time listening, my goodness, what a week to tune in. Why, you may ask? Well, because of the guest I have. Oh, my, oh, my. I'm, I'm glad this uh, person's here because uh, I don't know if I have, uh, it's one of those weeks where I just don't know if I have that much to say. And I'm going to kind of rely on my guest to help me help me out here. Uh, my guest this week is you. Oh, how are you? You look good. I hope you're feeling good. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. What is this, the, uh, the third week of uh, January? And uh, it's cold. And, uh, well, we've had issues here at the studio. In fact, the, the uh, water heater broke. So you may hear some clanging and banging around because I'm in the basement and there's some men over there replacing the water heater. So uh, if you hear anything, just uh, ignore it. It's just, um, well, it's just just a couple guys doing a, a much manlier job than I, <laughs> I will ever have. So uh, anyway, I'm glad to get that replaced. We've been washing our hands with cold water for a couple days. and Well, you just don't feel like it's as effective, do you? You feel like the heat has a lot to do with uh, killing the germs and the bacteria. And um, yeah. So uh, happy to get that fixed. Also happy to have a terrific sponsor this week. Uh, Certainly one of my favorite things and uh, perhaps one of yours. This week's sponsor, shoes. That's right. Uh, Don't you, aren't you happy to have, uh, to have shoes? I mean, without shoes, our feet would be uh, generally colder, you know, um, shoes. Especially in the wintertime, shoes help keep your feet warmer uh, than than they would be if you weren't wearing them. Um, And also, my favorite thing about shoes, uh, you don't step on things that that would hurt normally. You know what I mean? Like if you, (laughs) let's say you were were walking along a a rocky path, well, you certainly want to have your shoes with you, don't you? Otherwise, you know, (laughs) it doesn't feel too good. And, uh, well, shoes can do other things. They can can hide uh, unsightly uh, feet, you know, maybe you have ugly feet. You don't really want to show them off. Well, thank goodness for those shoes. Or you have foot odor. Well, the shoes might, uh, you know, keep some of that odor trapped in. So uh, many good reasons for having shoes. And I would like to thank them for sponsoring uh, this week's podcast. And uh, why don't you enjoy some shoes this week? I know I will. I don't want to step on anything with <laughs> 
without him. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of enjoying things, uh, man, there was a bunch I enjoyed this week. There was uh, the start of the uh, NHL season. Um, I watched some hockey. A really good game Sunday. Uh, Capitals versus Pittsburgh Penguins. So it was, uh, yeah, we had Ovechkin versus Sid the Kid. And then uh, that was a, a really fun game that went to a shootout. Uh, good football. My gosh, some great games. More coming up this weekend. And, uh, I uh, oh I, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you I was uh, Sunday morning as I was cooking breakfast I was flipping through the channels <clears throat> just to have something on kind of on in the background there while I cook and um, if I didn't stumble across not only uh, married with children which I was thrilled to stumble across but one I was I stumbled across it at the very beginning of one of my all time favorite episodes uh, where. <laughs> It's an early episode. It's from season two of Married with Children. So late 80s, uh, I think like 87 or something. And the episode is called Buck Can Do It. And uh, it's about Buck, the the Bundy's dog. If you're not familiar with Married with Children, well, my goodness, uh, what have you been doing? So, uh, you know, about Al and Peg Bundy and their kids, uh, Kelly and uh, Bud. And they have a dog, Buck. And, uh, well, Buck was causing trouble in this episode. He was, uh, he was roaming the neighborhood seeking out uh, female companionship and uh, impregnating a lot of the, <laughs> the neighborhood dogs, and, uh, which was causing the neighborhood to be filled with, as one na- angry neighbor said, uh, ugly, stupid dogs. <laughs> so, uh, so it's come up that, hey, this guy's going to sue. Uh, he, he got... Uh, Buck got his, like, gorgeous show dog pregnant or whatever. And so this neighbor uh, is quite upset. He's going to uh, take the the Bundys to court unless they get Buck neutered. And, uh, well, Al doesn't want to do it. And he ends up having a dream where Buck is like a full-grown person, sort of almost Chewbacca-esque, and uh, they're having a conversation about whether or not to get him neutered. And it's... It makes me howl. It's so funny. It makes me laugh like a uh, a kid. Well, <laughs> why not? Because a lot of the jokes are very sophomoric and crude and uh, ridiculous, and uh, I just love it. But that's actually not the thing. I, I mean, it's one of the things I enjoyed this week. I went on a little long uh, about that, considering it's not the thing I wanted to tell you uh, so much about. I also saw a terrific movie that's now on uh, Amazon Prime. It premiered on it called One Night in Miami. It's a great movie. It's uh, a cool flick. It's 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 about uh, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, and Sam Cooke um, all in a hotel room after an Ali fight down in Miami. And they pretty much spend the entire movie discussing their separate uh, philosophies on the civil rights movement and how the, what they're doing for it and and how they feel about it and what they think is best. Uh, and a lot of their philosophies um, intersect, and some of them differ quite a bit, and they they get into some arguments about the best uh, routes to take. And, oh, the acting is just powerhouse performances by the four main leads. And uh, the script is wonderful, and it's just a, it's a, it's a good flick. Uh, po- pretty powerful stuff. And... Um, well, interesting and funny and and cool and uh, um, it's it's it, and yeah, it, it's really good. But what it led me to was as I was watching it, I went, man, this really feels like 
a play. It's uh, most of the action is taking place in one room, and um, the way it's written, it's just like, oh boy, I bet this would have been a good play. Well, <laughs> foolish me, lo and behold, of course it was a play. It, it uh, the movie's based on an off-Broadway play by the same name, One Night in Miami. And um, it got me thinking about theater, and uh, I went back and read one of my favorite plays that's similar. Uh, it's sort of it's almost kind of a chamber play where it's one location, minimal sets and costuming and stuff, and uh, a, a smaller cast. And I went back and I read one of my favorites, and that's what I'd like to tell you about this week. It's called Art by Yasmina Reza. And the reason I'd like to talk to you about this is because maybe uh, some of you have never read a play before, or if you have, it's been Shakespeare in, uh, you know, junior high or high school, or, uh, you know, Tennessee Williams, The Glass Menagerie, that kind of thing. Um, I guess what I'm saying is when you learn to read theater in school, it can be pretty dry and um, maybe even feel somewhat inaccessible and not very uh, exciting. Well, it's a shame, I think, that uh, schools aren't teaching um, all, a lot more, maybe more modern theater, because it can be wonderful to read, and art is definitely one of those plays. It's about three guys who are long, long, uh, long-time friends, and one of them, it's also one of my favorite subjects to debate about, too, so I, I do have somewhat of a bias on this, but uh, um, one of the friends buys a painting for an astronomical sum, it's like two hundred thousand francs. Uh, well, because the, the the play was written in French, uh, I did not read it in French. I read the wonderful Christopher Hampton uh, translation. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're already thinking that the thing I enjoyed this week was uh, stuffy and pretentious, uh, it doesn't get that far. I didn't read the French. Um, but uh, the guy buys this painting for a, a huge amount of money, and it's just a white painting. It's just the painting, when you look at it, it's all white. It's just white. Now, the guy who bought it claims uh, that there are many shades of white in there. And in one of the funnier lines of the play, he actually says he thinks he sees a bit of red, um, which <laughs> he doesn't. But the friends end up having a, a gigantic debate about whether or not that's art. If a all-white painting can be considered art... And this turns into the three of them sort of assaulting each other's uh, lives. Like they they question each other's um, decisions in life and, and some of their you know, the idiosyncrasies they have. And uh, and you think for a while there that, that man, these guys might come to blows. It's it's uh, it is a comedy. Uh, it's high comedy. It's really good. It's it's very funny. Um, oh my gosh, it, it came out. In the 90s, and um, the first Broadway run, the three actors were played by Alan Alda, Victor Garber, who um, you, you, I'm sure if you've, it's one, he's one of those guys you've definitely seen. He was the architect of the Titanic in James Cameron's Titanic, um, and um, and the great Alfred Molina. What a what a cast! I can't. I mean, they must have blown audiences. Right, just out of their seats with this. Um, uh, but check it out. If you've never read a play, start start there. Start with art. I think you're, re- you're really going to get a kick out of it. 
And um, hey, and, and if you already know that's not your thing, that's okay. But uh, I certainly enjoyed revisiting uh, this week. I, I was lucky enough to to um, see it live a couple times in a, in a couple different theaters. None um, with as stellar a cast as that first Broadway, uh, in terms of name recognition, but in terms of performance. Oh, boy. I saw one in uh, London when I went to school there, and I saw one in St. Louis, and uh, uh, both just awesome. It's a, it's a terrific play. I, I hope uh, maybe you check it out. And uh, you know what? I just realized I did things a little bit in reverse um, today. I should have been uh, more careful with my preparation. Some of you are wondering, well, how the hell did we get to what you enjoyed this week when we never even made it through Vocabulary Station? Man, oh man, I, there, there may be some of you who only listen to the podcast for Vocabulary Station and then bail. And uh, man, did I just mess up your day? Well, I apologize. Um, that was on me. I can't blame the conductors. I can't. I can't do anything else. I can't blame Jason, the producer. He was he was staring at me as I was talking about art, and I was thinking, oh, he's really interested in this. I might uh, be converting some people who have never read a play into reading a play. And little did I know, he was staring at me like, hey, idiot, you didn't go to vocabulary station uh, because it does mess things up. Uh, we didn't play the well here. Well, let's just get let's. We're here now. We're at Vocabulary Station. Let's just see who's here to visit us. And my gosh, if there isn't uh, a word, hey, this is a cool word, and it was sent in. This is the first submission word on that Josh Arnold podcast. And I'd like to thank uh, Matthew Machino of the uh, Cherry Dynasty. <laughs> that that is dumb. Uh, it's maraschino, but uh, uh, <laughs> if you <laughs> if uh, if you hadn't bailed because you weren't getting vocabulary station, you certainly bailed after that. Uh, but Matt, uh, oh, you know what? He signs up Matthew in all of these, so I better not call him Matt. He might hate it. But Matthew says his wife introduced him to this word, and he thought, "Hey, what the heck? Maybe Josh uh, would like it." And I do. This is a good one. It's misophonia. Oh, misophonia. <laughs> oh, misophonia. <laughs> you know what? Up front, I told you I was going to rely on you a lot of this part because I didn't feel like I had anything. And uh, so you can't blame me at this point. Misophonia. Uh, it's a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or physiological responses that m- some might perceive as unreasonable. Given the circumstance. So um, uh, it, it's literally a sound. It's a sound that might literally drive someone crazy. Um, boy, what a word. Misophonia and what a condition. Uh, the reactions can can range from uh, an, just annoyance to anger to panic. And uh, I don't think I have. I, you know what? There are plenty of sounds that annoy me. But I wouldn't say I'm. Uh, I have misophonia per se. I can usually handle it. I can go. Oh, geez, I wish that would go away. The closest thing that I think I have to misophonia is when uh, they do those broadcast, those emergency broadcast tests on TV, and no matter how uh, high your volume is on the TV, it always seems to be. 10 times higher when these things just come on out of nowhere, sort of seemingly random uh, 
and uh, it's just an awful sound, and uh, it interrupts whatever you're watching. And if you're across the room, you have to run and get the remote to shut it off, <laughs> or just let it play. It's just a terrible sound, and it does that does fill me with annoyance, and then I get angry. And it, when I first hear it, I panic because it's like an alarm sound. So that, that's probably, if I do have misophonia, it's for that sound. Some of you uh, probably have misophonia from, um, you know, alarm clocks or um, other things. Uh, oh, boy, you know what I just thought of here, Jason? Is uh, Wouldn't it be terrible if somebody's misophonia was caused by the sound <laughs> of a, uh, a steam engine? Uh, oh, man, oh, man, we are, we could... Very well. That train whistle there, we could very well be uh, sending somebody over the edge. I hope not. But uh, maybe there's somebody in your life that gives you misophonia. (laughs) I bet if I were to uh, ask Chick, he might say that Tom's voice uh, gives him uh, uh, quite a case of misophonia. But uh, anyway, great word, Matthew. Thank you and thank you to the missus. Uh, you guys are both there in Springfield, Missouri, a wonderful town, and uh, the Lake of the Ozarks area, Camdenton. I know Camdenton very well, very well. So uh, that's uh, that's great. Thank you. Uh, if you'd like to send in anything, um, well, not anything. I mean, if you just want to send in uh, a question for me or something, uh, it's at joshpodcast at bobandtom.com. Uh, feel free to do so. Um, so I already kind of talked about, uh, what I enjoyed this week, but we got to hear the music. Oh yeah. Let's, uh, you know what? This, th- this song, there's no way this song causes misophonia in any way. I'm convinced of it. Even a, a misophoniac, uh, <laughs> would overcome their disorder and dance to this. I'm, I'm certain of it. Hey, that's a good image, right? I like to have little stories to go along with this song. So let's say there's a man in a mental hospital. Not that misophoniacs belong in mental hospitals, but this guy's got other issues. And he's wearing a straitjacket. I mean, he needs to be... He's he's fit to be tied, literally. And uh, he uh, hears this song. And my goodness, if everything doesn't change, he becomes immediately sane. And he uh, he politely asks the uh, the doctors there if he can be if he can go outside for the afternoon, and they say, you know what, you seem to be in a pretty good disposition, yes. And he uh, goes outside and dances down the street in a straitjacket. <laughs> All right, you guys responded uh, so kindly to last week's podcast about my days as an usher and whatnot at a, at movie theaters. It was so fun for me to talk about, and I'm really glad you guys enjoyed listening to it. In fact, I had uh, somebody write in saying that they uh, knew they lived in the St. Louis area, knew Warenberg Theater as well, and um, uh, they. Uh, I also had people write in saying that they worked at movie theaters and uh, really enjoyed their time there. In fact, Dan <coughs> writes in, and he said he really, uh, boy, it brought back great memories for him to think about how. You know, he tried to be cool in front of the female <laughs> co-workers at his movie theater. He, But he brought something up that is uh, uh, it really tickled me because, uh, boy, he, he's dead on here. He says, if your experience working at a movie theater was anything like mine, 
you as an usher also developed a sixth sense on when you needed to go do a, quote, quick check of the theater when some nudity during an R-rated flick was going on. And he says during those pre-internet days, there was nothing better. And, Dan, you're absolutely right. There was uh, there was kind of a sixth sense where you would be sweeping popcorn in a hallway and all of a sudden go, you know what, I think that scene's coming up. And you <laughs> you would sort of walk down and you say, I'm going to go check the temperature in house number three. And you would go into the theater and lo and behold, there was the, the nude scene or maybe a, a cool um, – uh, action scene or, or a funny joke in a comedy or something you just wanted to catch. But the nudity thing, I remember we had Disclosure, the movie uh, with, with Michael Douglas where uh, the, he uh, was sexually harassed by his boss, Demi Moore. And that scene where she 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 really tries to get him to sleep with her is so hot. I guess, I guess uh, part of it was meant to be disturbing because... <laughs> He's not interested in this, but oh, he kind of is, but he's not. And uh, uh, but that didn't I mean, Mike, what was I 17 or something? And uh, that was as hot a scene as as anything on celluloid at the time. And uh, there I'm, I'm not joking when there were people in that theater watching the movie who if during that scene, if they had turned around they would have seen no less than six ushers standing in the back of the theater. <laughs> Disclosure. My goodness. And it's even not like, it doesn't get very graphic. I don't think there's any nudity, but the, but it's just so incredibly hot. Demi Moore's in her prime, and uh, man, that's also a good movie. It's a cool flick um, if you ever want to watch it, but... Uh, that's certainly the icing on the cake there. So yes, Dan, yes, I do remember uh, that uh, as you as you call it a sixth sense when when those things were going to be happening. There, oh, I'm trying to think if there are any other. Uh, <laughs> that that's the one that that's really the only one that springs to mind. But uh, man, yes, I was also uh, thinking about a story that I forgot to tell last week um, about when I was a manager at a movie theater and the. The uh, general manager was one of my best friends, Jason. And uh, he, yeah, so, so uh, he was uh, my boss, um, even though I was sort of the boss of the ushers and, and stuff like that. He was the head guy. He was the main dude. And we had worked, he actually initially hired me when I was 16. And we kind of, we ended up working together a lot at different theaters. And he did become one of my best friends. And, uh, one day he had a big Meg Ryan thing. He loved Meg Ryan, and um, uh, <laughs> there was a trailer. Uh, this was at the if you had if you've heard the New Year's podcast that I did about working at a movie theater. Uh, this was that theater it was the three screen uh, theater, and and uh, we did everything as managers, um, including running projection. Well, he was up. Uh, running, uh, he was starting a movie in the uh, projection booth, and I was at the other end of the theater, um, cleaning or something. And um, he comes over. He, he says, uh, "Yeah, I just started House Number Three, and the trailer for Courage Under Fire is on." And uh, this is—I'm sorry—he's telling me this over walkie-talkies. We each have a walkie-talkie, and a lot of times. 
um, you would have the volume on the walkie-talkie super loud so that you didn't have to, like, you could just have it hanging on your belt, which we did. So I would hear him go, hey, can I get some help in uh, theater number two, clean? And I would go, oh, and then I would hit the button and go, yeah, I'll be right there. So, <laughs> so I hear him say, man, the, uh, the trailer for Courage Under Fire is on. And uh, a, a few seconds later, he goes, uh, oh, Meg Ryan. And so I take my walkie-talkie off my belt and I put it to my mouth. And kind of quietly, I go, uh, are you masturbating? And not only do I hear it come from my mouth, I hear it loudly blare from his walkie-talkie attached to his belt as he makes his way through a crowded concession line. <laughs> so there are dozens of people <laughs> surrounding him. <laughs> Who just hear, are you masturbating? Come from the <laughs> And I look up, because I heard it, in the, and I look up, and his eyes meet mine, and he's so embarrassed and so mad that he just turns around and, and just walked into the, the manager's office. <laughs> uh, man, and uh, I got a talking to later on. Uh, because at the theater, even though we were best friends, he was um, uh, he was certainly my boss, and I got a talking to uh, about, <laughs> hey, let's not say inappropriate things on the walkie-talkies. <laughs> he also got really mad at me one day because uh, we got a new label maker, and I decided to label everything. I was labeling uh, just everything in the office, and like I made a label that said labels, and I put it on the labels. And, uh, I, you know, and he uh, he goes, Josh, man, dude, these labels are so expensive and we have a budget or whatever. <laughs> like we have a certain <laughs> office supply budget. And the thing about it was the budgets, part of his salary was based on the budget. So if he was under budget each year, he would get like a big bonus. And so I could see why he was being protective of the budget. But he goes, man, these these labels are super expensive. Please don't waste those. And I go, okay. And so then I made a label that said, the label tape for the label maker is very expensive. Please do not waste label tape. And I made it all. <laughs> it was like a three foot long label. <laughs> and I put it up on the, <laughs> the office wall for other people to see. And boy, did he not care for that. He, he did not think that was funny. Uh, I, You know what? I bet... Uh, um, later, he thought it was funny, but I never, I, I never, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Jason, miss you, buddy. So, um, what else uh, do we have here? I got a couple other letters here. Um, oh man, this is a this is a pretty good question. Uh, it says, uh, oh well, first off, Mark. Mark read the lottery, the thing I enjoyed last week, the short story by Shirley Jackson. He said he, excellent little tale. He really enjoyed it. Good. That's great, man. I'm glad you liked it. He says he knows I enjoy horror movies and movies in general, but Mark wonders if I've ever dabbled in the comic book world. He's a big fan and always has been and always will be. Thank you, Mark. Oh, man. He signs it, Mark, his last name, Esquire. That is, oh, that's so, I love that. <laughs> 
Whether, Mark, whether you did that as a joke or not, love it. Okay. Uh, the answer's not really. I haven't dabbled much in um, comic books. I've read uh, quite, I've read, a, a, you know, a, a decent amount of graphic novels, especially the classics, Watchmen and um, Road to Perdition and From Hell. And uh, a lot of them, <laughs> well, those three for sure were all turned into movies. Um, I've read uh, uh, almost all of the Sin Cities and uh, the Green River Killer and a few other really good um, uh, graphic novels. Watchmen um, was named one of the 100 greatest novels of all time, and boy is it. That is literature. That's not just a – I mean, anybody who excuses some of these things as just comic books, um, boy, you're you're doing uh, the medium and yourself a disservice. They <laughs> – just terrific writing. Um, but in terms of like the superhero stuff, I've, I never really did. I own um, a pretty wide collection, uh, the, these really nice hardbound uh, reproductions of a lot of the EC comics. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, Haunt of Fear, um, uh, Combat, MD. <laughs> And uh, crime suspense stories, that kind of stuff, or shock suspense. So, yeah, I, I've got, like, uh, these really beautiful um, hardbound versions of those, and I really like them a lot. Uh, love them, in fact. And um, that's about as far as I've gotten into comics. Um, but there's, uh, you know, I, I should probably be reading more. I've always loved the character Spawn. Uh, my introduction to it was from the HBO animated series, which is just Awesome, and uh, so I should probably go back and take a look at some of those comics. Um, maybe there's some reproductions out there, um, but uh, yeah. So not a big fan. I'm a fan, but I'm not a big um, consumer of them. And uh, I'll keep checking out uh, some graphic novels and stuff. If you have any recommendations, Josh Podcast at BobandTom.com. Um, what else came in over the week? Um, Mark, a different Mark. Um, oh no, wait, I just did that one. I'm sorry. What an idiot. I had these all, this always happens whenever I have, uh, um, stacks of things or whatever. I get like paper. I'm like, oh, I'm going to print these out. And I always just shuffle them up and it, this, it never goes smoothly. And then I have to waste your time with me complaining about how I suck. So what do we got here? We have uh, <laughs> Scott. Scott says, hey, we all know you like to watch Hallmark movies. I do. I do. He says, what other guilty pleasures do you have? Oh, what a fun question. Here's kind of my thing on guilty pleasures, though. I don't consider them guilty pleasures. If I like something, I just like it. Um, I totally get the term. I'm not I'm not trying to lawyer um the term away or uh, suggest it's in a, an inappropriate way to describe these things because, yeah, you know, it makes sense. It's like, oh, man, I really like this, but I'm kind of embarrassed about it and feel guilty. I've just, I just decided a while ago that I wasn't going to feel guilty or embarrassed about things I like anymore. Well, I, I can't help it. I, I just like them. Um, I get more upset about things I don't like because I don't like to not like things. I When I see a movie I don't like, I go, ah, I wish I liked it. Or if somebody's raving, you know, if, if uh, this happens a lot on the morning show, everybody will be talking about how great, uh, I don't know, Kanye is or whatever. And I'm like, maybe, but I, it's just not for me. I wish I liked it. I don't like not liking it. I just, 
So anyway, um, guilty pleasures. Well, I mean, I already mentioned. I guess. I guess what I can do is talk about things that um, some folks would, uh, maybe some people would consider not very quality. That I think is. Uh, I mentioned married with children earlier. <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of you who don't care for that show, which is uh, totally fine. Uh, I just happen to love it. I think uh, it's it, all they want to do is make you laugh. That's all that show wants to do. They're not trying to do anything else. And uh, they just throw every joke at you that they can. And some land and some don't. And I just I really respect the effort. Uh, but I really do laugh at it. I think it's I, I do think it's funny. Um, what else are some of my you know what? I used to be embarrassed about liking, but. I you know since I decided not to be I, I just don't I embrace Lincoln Park <laughs> I, I I have a lot of music uh, <laughs> fan friends who would they just scream at me for some of my musical choices <laughs> I think Lincoln Park's got some cool stuff and uh, I you know I there are a lot of uh, <laughs> bands I like that. Um, I, I have no problem going to concerts by myself. I do it a lot. And much of the time, it's because no one else is interest, <laughs> interested in going to see, I don't know, Godsmack with me or whatever. So, uh, <laughs> um, uh, what else uh, would be a. I'm trying to think of some of my favorite movies that. You know what? Uh, there are movies like Hudson Hawk that I think are super entertaining that people just think are terrible. But luckily, I think we've come to a, kind of an age where if you have a guilty pleasure, you can find, uh, whether it be online or at some sort of convention or at, um, uh, or maybe at your school, there's a group or something where uh, the guilty pleasures are celebrated. You know, like sometimes ironically. Um, sometimes very like tr earnestly, and it's great. I could go. I, I I could go. I could type in uh, "married with children," and I'm sure I would find a bunch of Reddit pages or uh, groups that that's all they want to discuss and talk about. And the idea of having a guilty pleasure um, these days is sort of uh, silly because it's like, hey, there are there are people out there. <laughs> that like the same things you like and will uh, very honestly embrace them and and talk about uh, their merits with you. And, uh, uh, you know, I guess there was a time where you, you, maybe you felt pretty alone with some of the stuff you liked. Um, I love horror movies, and the thing that that I think most people are shocked by um, when it comes to horror movie fans, is if you were to go to a horror movie convention where there are thousands of people dressed up as uh, screen villains, murderers, uh, ghosts, demons, whatever, and um, they are all you know they're they're sort of gothy and emo and wearing black and. Uh, and looking, um, you know, if you were to go into one of those conventions, you would find some of the nicest, happiest people you've ever seen. It's 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 not what you'd expect. 
it's not a bunch of dour, morbid, um, depressed people. They are thrilled. And uh, yes, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're they're with their people. You know what I mean? They're in. They know they're they're in an area where uh, um, being somewhat of a misfit is celebrated. And um, so, yeah, they don't they feel like uh, they're in a judgment free zone, which they are, of course. But what I love about it is if you walked in wearing a uh, button button up shirt and a tie and khaki pants, you're not a misfit. You're you know what I mean? You would be met with kindness and excitement and uh, there's just it's just wonderfully open. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, there if you think that just because somebody likes a certain genre or something like that uh, and that you assume that they're going to reflect sort of the tones of that genre like horror, uh, not not always. Not always. And uh, in fact, most of the time, that's just not the case. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So, boy, I, I, I think it would be interesting to go to a convention for something that you knew nothing about. Um, the only conventions I've been to in my life have been horror conventions and baseball conventions because I would work the All-Star Game weeks uh, for years uh, when I worked with Rawling Sporting Goods, which I'm sure... Those podcasts will come up uh, in the future. Um, so, and that was the same thing. Uh, baseball conventions are pretty interesting. the The people that come out to them are a very a varied group, uh, and again, so excited, so happy, so nice, and. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty fun thing when you're surrounded by people who love the same things you do. It's pretty cool. And I happen to think it's funny to be surrounded by people who don't always like the same things I do, a la my uh, snooty music friends who would yell at me for saying that uh, the Counting Crows album, August and Everything After, is one of my favorite albums. <laughs> I can't help it. It's one of my favorites. And uh, I have plenty of friends who would rip on me for that. And they do rip on me for it. And I think it's funny. And, uh, um, yeah. I <laughs> so, yes. Uh, great question there, uh, Scott. I'd like to hear some of your uh, guilty pleasures. Send them to me. Joshpodcast at bobandtom.com. And uh, I think what we should work on this week is something that is, um, well, along these lines. So, uh, let's... Well, you know how embarrassing it is to be interrupted by your own segment music? (laughs) Not very. So, uh, what we should work on this week? I'm going to do it. I hope you do, too. Try something you wouldn't normally try. And, um, you know, when I wrote that down, in my head, I wasn't thinking like, you know what, I've never had chicken liver. I'm going to try that tonight. I, I wasn't really thinking along the lines of, food or um, uh, anything like that. It was more along the lines of uh, if you've never listened to opera and wondered what it was about, this week, listen to some opera. 
or if you've never watched a soccer game, um, you know, a European football game, maybe try to find one this weekend and uh, see what you think. Um, maybe it, it, you could go back to my the thing I enjoyed this week. If you've never read a play, give that a shot. Um, now, I'm not asking you to do things that you already know you don't enjoy or that you're even closed off to. You know, if the idea of watching a ballet um, really, really turns you off, well, you you may not go into it <laughs> with the right attitude, and maybe even no matter how uh, good it is, you may not enjoy it at all. You know what I mean? So uh, if there's something that has you've always kind of been curious about just a, a little bit, or uh, you have something that your friends have talked about and they're into, and you went, all right, you know what, maybe it's time I give that a shot. Do it this week. Branch out a little bit. Um, I need to, and uh, I'm going to, and next week I'll tell you what it was that I did because I don't know yet. But uh, um, I'll think about it, and um, I think this would be a fun little experiment. So uh, join me on it, and thank you for joining me today, and please join me again next week.